Hello and welcome to AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. I'm your host, John S. Today we'll be speaking with Ben B., Willow F., and Vic L., all of us having just returned from Waftiak 2 and held in Austin, Texas just this past week. We'll share our experiences at the convention and our assessment of how things went. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Well, hello. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different today on AA Beyond Belief. We're actually having a conversation with four people at one time, a first for us. And with me, I have uh, Vic L., who was on the board of directors for the what was then known as Waftiak uh, 2016. How you doing, Vic? I'm doing very well, thank you. And thank you for joining us from New York, where it's 9 o'clock at night right now. That's very nice of you. Um, and then I also have Willow F., who is, Willow, you're from Olympia, Washington. Is that right? Seattle, actually. Oh, Seattle. Okay. And I'm glad that you're here because you were not at the uh, convention in Santa Monica. So you're the only one of us, I think, that were not at that convention. Isn't that right? That's correct. Okay. So this will be your first your first Waftiak experience. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, we have Ben B., who um, is my co-host and goes through the steps with me here on uh, the podcast. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing pretty good, John. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Good. Well, let's get right into it. Um, I guess, Willow, I might want to start with you, since this was your first experience at um, what we used to call Waftiak. Um, why don't you tell me, tell us a little bit about your experience there? What What was your over, overall assessment of how things went there? Uh, overall, I thought it went really great. Um you know, it's it's been a long time since I've been to a convention or conference or anything like that. Uh, I used to go to a lot of them when I was newly sober. Um, and although I don't know, you know, I was pretty young then and it was more for the kind of the sober party that I went. Um, I paid attention a little bit to the workshops and things like that, but that wasn't always the biggest thing on my mind. Um, so this one I was I was really interested uh in the workshops, in meeting the people, having conversations, and um, just being really engaged and involved. And uh, I had, I have been to the one-day conference that they did in Olympia um, in January, and that was great. Um, so it was really amazing to have, you know, just more time like that, more chances to connect with people. Um, and overall, I thought it was amazing, you know, the the workshops were good. Everything was great. The, o- the only thing that I would have liked to have seen that I didn't was a countdown because I was really amazed oh, no. at years and years of recovery that were there, more so than any other conference of that small size that I've seen before. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, the sobriety countdown. Yep. Yeah. We do have a lot of long timers in our in our fellowship at in secular AA, don't we? Yeah, it seems that way. And Ben, what was your your assessment of the of the thing? Um, it was great to be with like minded people um, within the fellowship again. Um, I think lately I have not been going to that much local AA here. So one, it was good for me to get back involved just in AA in general. Not that I don't do plenty of things and stay involved, but I just hadn't been to many local meetings. So uh, the fellowship was great. Um, Obviously, having it in Austin, I thought was very fitting. Um, The weather was perfect. Um, I I just, the thing I always enjoy is the workshops. Some of the, the, you know, the formality of what goes on with the business meeting and stuff like that. That's sometimes kind of a turnoff to me, but it's, um, the workshops just great. I mean, where else can you go in AA and hear 
a workshop about stoicism. I mean, and how it relates to recovery. I mean, it was it was fresh. It, it rejuvenated me. It it um, it makes me excited to be in recovery again. Well, Vic, I think it was a successful convention, judging by these two. What do you think? Oh, I guess we do. But I must say that uh, I was on the board, although I was not on the program committee. Mm-hmm. The whole board, uh, we, we all discussed uh, different workshops and panels, and just no one mentioned a countdown. It just completely <laughs> slipped all our minds. So uh, well, apologies. And I, uh, I'm sure that the new board will, uh, uh, will have it on their schedule. Uh, as I said to you in this little article that I wrote, that the first thing that struck me was that uh, it was uh, a relief not hearing anything about the election. Yeah. Here it was, two days after the election, we actually arrived Thursday night, the board did. And uh, that was just a, 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 just a relief. So that was a side benefit. And, uh, yeah, I think we, we all felt pretty good. The board, it, it was just building so much. We've been talking uh, together every two weeks for, for the last couple of months. So it was really uh, getting pressure, and it was just a, <laughs> a relief. I, I remember when Nick said at the, at the future of, uh, meeting a panel uh, that he was an ex-member, and he really enjoyed saying that, yeah. ex-member of the board. Um, but it's, it's very satisfying, and of course, you know, I have my little uh, things what, which I, I hope different people come to and, and constantly make it better. Yeah, You know, um, I, I uh, we can always do better, and I have several things that I can talk about whenever you'd like. But, sure. Um, well, we might want to get into oh, that. Well, um, okay. I I thought I, I would have to say overall it was a great convention. Um, having experienced Santa Monica, I probably had my expectations kind of high, and you can never you can never replicate something you know an experience that probably in hindsight is maybe better than it was actually in reality. But um, I enjoyed myself there, and for me, it's not necessarily the workshops and the panels; it's everything that happens um, between those. You know, all the people, the the discussions, the conversations I have. It was great to talk to you, Vic. It was great to talk to John H. Um, other people, you know, that you only know online or through email and just sitting down with them face to face just um, to me is just means a lot. And, and it's, it's better. You get to know people better that way. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But oh, I, I, I just want to ahead. This is Vic. I just want to add to that. You know, when, when I walked into the uh, uh, the meeting uh, on Thursday night uh, with the board, I was immediately struck by the fact that I'm sorry we didn't get together face-to-face beforehand because we got rather snippy with each other uh, Mm. in conference calls and in emails. Uh, We just didn't take that extra step. And once we saw each other, this whole feeling came over all of us. We talked about a dinner that we're human beings. And and it's it's a lot different being with each other than it is just emailing and, and conferencing. Well, I will give you one criticism, and I don't want to wage an old battle, but I think that I think we missed an opportunity when when you had the executive editor of the Grapevine there. I think that she should have been given her own hour by herself because what happened when she was on the panel with the other people, she was drawing all the attention, you know, um, and I think that people really wanted to engage with her more and ask and ask more questions. And what she did is she did this workshop, but people were so interested in, in asking her questions that she really couldn't put on the workshop. But I think that she was, you know, everything that I've heard from her was that she was very happy with the experience. So did you hear anything about that, um, Vic, about how she felt about, about it or, any, or how anyone else felt about her 
just as a panelist? No, I'm afraid I was kind of out of that. Uh, I know there was some controversy in the beginning uh, with the two Johns, and uh, because the grapevine has been pretty, pretty religious uh, publication, uh, so everybody was very leery. And again, I was not on the program committee, so I don't know how the final uh, decisions were made. Um, she didn't do a lot of talk. I mean, didn't do a lot of did do a lot of talking. Uh, so uh, I have a feeling she got across what she wanted to get across. I find it rather interesting when she just described the whole structure and how things were made. Uh, decisions were made. I thought that was quite interesting. I thought so too. Did you happen to see that, Willow? Did you go to that the literature panel? Yeah, I did. That was that was one of the ones that I I really wanted to take part in. And, you know, I didn't really, um, you know, I've, I've seen a little bit of the information that's been discussed on, I don't know, I guess in some of the articles on Beyond Belief or Agnostica um, about Amy and kind of some of the controversy with that. Um, so I, I was just kind of curious. I didn't really know what to expect. Um I really loved hearing, you know, the, um, you know, there's a whole business process behind um, publishing a magazine like that to such a, a large audience, right? And uh, I think it really is a, a case of, you know, what's submitted that is, that meets the criteria for publish. Um, right. You know, I think we hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're not publishing this kind of thing, this kind of thing. Well, you know, it depends on what's getting submitted. And I actually, um, I spoke with Amy after that, uh, after that panel and, um, and there was, there was a little bit of contention at the end, you know, um, people feel pretty strongly about some of the stuff that we're talking about. And I, I love that we can kind of get into some of those controversial things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it is important to remember, you know, we're all people. And one of the things that I, found really interesting that I had no idea of is that, you know, I think Amy was there not just as the person representing the grapevine that had put out that particular pamphlet. Um, but I think she was there part- participating as a member just as any one of us. And yeah, you're right. that kind of got me to thinking that, you know, when it came to the idea of if, you know, why she was or wasn't, um, one of the keynote speakers, um, you know, I, I, I understand the idea that it wouldn't have been, might not have been great if, if she was just there representing the grapevine. But mm-hmm. uh, if she was there as a member of our kind of unique constituency, right. um, I think she would have been amazing. And I, I hope that we hear from her soon. You know, I I went in there expecting, oh, she's just going to be here talking about this and then she's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, she was there through the whole conference to participate. And it was it was really great to get to know her a little bit um, and to hear that that side of things. Yeah, that's a really good point. She she was actually there throughout the whole entire conference, and she was a participant. She was a member, and she I saw her chatting with people all the time. So um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Ben? Uh, I'm apt to agree with you, John. I think she would have made a good keynote speaker. I mean, I, I understand that we don't – and I, I get people's beef too about we don't want just want to like kiss the butt of formal AA on some level all the time, but it was kind of distracting. Um, I think for the other participants on that panel as well, I know one person in particular seemed to kind of have their feelings hurt that they weren't asked many questions, and I can understand how that was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I don't, I felt like she was maybe treated a little bit disrespectfully, maybe like, um, and I might've even done that a little bit when I asked her my question too, but it just felt like she was getting grilled. It was like, she (laughs) kind of, it felt like she was kind of getting the brunt of everybody's anger at the, whatever the formal idea of AA is. Uh Um, I mean, it wasn't anything out of control or anything, but it just, it felt like she couldn't have done any right on some level. So what was your question then that you thought might've been kind of rough? Well, Okay, I think I should have just asked her on her own, but I asked about how they choose the a little bit more specifically how they choose the stories because it seems like every story in the grapevine I just I'm sorry, I just find the grapevine super boring. Yeah. It is it's like it's like you feel so pressured to make your story sound a certain way that it takes out any authenticity at all. Yeah. And so um, you know, it just seemed like I think in that same issue, there was a couple of stories in there that had, it's basically like a member writing in about a story about browbeating people for doing things in meetings they don't think are real AA or something like mm-hmm. somebody was playing on their phone and I think they should not do that in AA meetings and we need to remember we're all here for the fellowship and blah, blah, blah. It's like, if I, if I want to get preached at, I can get that in any AA meeting anywhere. I would like, <laughs> I don't know, as far as a grapevine goes, that's those are the type of things that get said in meetings that annoy me. It's like pay attention or do this or do that. And just, I don't know. I I don't care for the grapevine that much, but I do. I agree with Willow. It was very interesting to hear the whole process of it all. And her talk about the business behind the grapevine and, um, you know, approving books to be published Mm -hmm. in conference conference approved to be published. I always like to say that we don't have, conference approved literatures and this is okay to read right it's this is what's been agreed upon by aa to publish is what that really says so and i thought she was a very nice woman and i agree with you guys i saw her talking to a lot of people um when some of our more outspoken atheist members were um speaking i could tell i she just looked kind of pained i felt (laughs) bad for her some of the things that were coming out of people's mouths i could see she was just kind of like oh my goodness there's a lot of anger here and I agree with Willow. I'm I'm glad that this is a place where we can uh, speak a little more freely. I mean, it, it happened in Santa Monica and it happened here, and I don't think we were any worse worse yeah. because of it. Well, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, Vic, I want to pay you a compliment. I was on your panel, and I think you did an excellent job. You're you're a real pro at that. Oh well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. What were you trying to? Um, your panel was what is WAF? That was one of your panels, anyway. Um, did you, did you, were you satisfied with how that went? What were you wanting to get out of that or do? Well, what I wanted, I, I, I wanted to provoke a discussion, um, just about what, what we are and, yeah. and how we're going to go forward and what it's sort of about. Cause we are a very diverse group, which is fine. And, um, and I just, uh, wanted to get some sort of consensus, some sort of understanding. Of course you never do. No. <laughs> So I, I, I approach these things. Uh, well, we're going to nail this down. Of course, it's 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 not uh, not possible. Yeah. I just want to say something. I was really struck by the fact of the slow, laborious way decisions are made in publishing uh, in the AA literature. I could not believe all these committees and holding for a year. Yes. And they had. I've been on it. I was just really shocked. <laughs> uh, but but. Uh, she seems quite, you know, I, I was very impressed. She seemed a very, very capable person. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I thought she was very good. Uh, I, I mean, I think in defense of, of my fellows, uh, board members who mm-hmm. were upset that she was chosen, 
uh, up until, you know, don't forget the agnostic and, and atheist edition uh, uh, or right. issue came out just a month before the convention. Right. Before then, I mean, uh, <laughs> the grapevine is a very religious, uh, right. uh, religious AA document. So they were saying, well, what are we doing again? Are we inviting someone who's going to preach to us? So right. I think that was the original impetus. I wasn't very vocal in, in that particular argument, but yeah. uh, you have to understand that they were fearful. No, and, uh, I think I it's understandable. That kind of makes sense to me when I was at her workshop too, because she was getting some flack from people. Um, you know, people said, "Hey, you're um, you're censoring articles and the, this sort of thing." I think people have the impression because, like Ben said, you open up the grapevine, you read it, and it does seem like they're pretty formulated stories. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't read the grapevine. But, but there's something to be said uh, for someone being a curator. I mean, that that's her job or other people's job. Yeah. Um, and some people are saying, well, you should publish everything. Well, then, you know, form, form a, make a post and, and have every article that's there. And if you want to read it, fine. But, I, you know, I do respect uh, professionals uh, who uh, curate things and edit things and, and, and publish. I mean, that's... Uh, they have skills uh, far beyond mine, and I, I trust them. Um, yeah, I think I think she's a pro. There's no doubt about that. So um, another thing that happened at the convention was renaming the convention from Waftiak to what's it called, Ixa? Yeah, that was one of that was one of my. I had a, a few things. That was one, and I had to fight to get that panel in. And um, I, I just, you know, I'm still pushing for secular AA. And as I said in, in one of the panels, I, I feel like I'm fighting just to get to neutral. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and since there's so many, I mean, they're atheists, agnostics, free thinkers, uh, humanists aren't in WAPs, uh, non-believers, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, secular does encompass uh, all that stuff, and it's not anti-religious. Yeah. It, it's, and to me, it's the only name. So... Uh, the halfway measure, I think, uh, we adapted uh, Diane's idea of ICSA, uh, and I'm hoping is, is that it will default to secular AA. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. It could. So, Willow, what was your yeah. opinion on that? Well, you know, the um, so I, I went to that panel. I also went to the business meeting. You know, and those ones, they might they might have kind of felt like the least enjoyable of any of them. <laughs> they're, they're the most important, kind of. I mean... The other stuff isn't really important as well, right? Because right. that gives we need as individuals. But for the movement, for lack of a better world, word, as a whole, mm -hmm. those ones were really important. And that business stuff is so hard. You know, I don't know if it's just because it's AA. I stayed away from it for a really long time, but yeah. I feel like this stuff is super important. So I'm trying to get involved with it, you know, both at home and there. Um, you know, and it was, it was, it's a little bit, um, tough because of the way that it's conducted so you know there was there was voting online but mm -hmm. really just the votes in the room were all that was counted there was a little bit of it seems like some of the wording was lost in translation when it was put onto the list right. that we saw in the room um you and know we're still not sure if it's convention or conference well i mean i know i know what was on the list and what i voted on yeah um, which was conference. And that's and just the other piece, you know, to Vic's point, um, it was really clearly stated there that what we were voting on was just the name of the conference. We are not renaming the movement, right? right? I mean, the, it's still within AA. Right. Um, so, you know, the just secular AA might be what we 
call things in general, but I don't know at this point, I don't know that there's a, anything official tied to that, right. but it was stated that what we were discussing in that room was the name of the entity that was going to put on the conference. And right. that's why I felt that ICSA was a good choice. That was the one I went with. Um, yeah. You know, it was the same wording as the Isaac. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that we needed to um, punch a biblical refer- reference yeah. in the, you know, like that just yeah. didn't seem to have a point to me. So, so what do you think, Ben, about the name change? Um, I guess in general, I don't really care that much. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say that, but um, it's, I think just like a knee jerk reaction, like secular AA to me sounds like uh, it. When I think of somebody who would be like an AA diehard, they would think like, well, secular AA, that sounds like separate from AA. But yeah. I don't know. I, I agree that the WAF thing was kind of just, I don't know, just not very clear. But there are, I mean, I know a few people here who are believers who like the idea of free thinking AA. Right. So, I mean, I guess on some level, secular would keep them out of that. But it, it you know, anybody can come to our conference convention that that they want to. In yeah. general, I don't really care. I think it's, I think it's fine. Ixus nice, and secular is a nice broad term for all of it. So, yeah, secular just means the experience you're going to have. It's it's going to be free of. Religion, I guess, religion. Religion, yeah. Everybody, yeah. Yep. Everybody's working. In, in New York, we had, uh, actually, in New York, people call it agnostic AA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we, we had, in one of my meetings, a seminary student. So and he, he was as welcome as everybody else. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Inclusive. You know, something interesting happened when I when I was there, which I wasn't expecting. I was We were having our Kansas City uh, meeting, because, you know, they were having those round-the-clock meetings. And... Um, Right when the meeting was done, someone texted me and they said that the new board wanted to talk to me and they wanted to see me right away. So I walked in there where they were all meeting and they wanted to know about WAF Central because they all thought that WAF Central and WAF Dyak were all the same thing. So I explained to them what the history was of WAF Central, you know, how it started, what it does, and et cetera, et cetera. And they were interested in kind of wrapping that up into kind of one under one umbrella so and i'm i don't quite get this but i'm 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 thinking this might not be a bad idea but they were talking about having one organization secular aa would be secular aa okay and underneath secular aa you would have ixa the convention and you would have whatever you're going to call this other service entity um that is now known as waf central and I don't know. I was kind of impressed with this board. They all seem to be. They seem to have their have their sense about them. They seem to be knowledgeable of the traditions, the concepts. They they really, you know, it seemed to make sense to me that hey, you've got a structure here in place that could carry on the work. And it was almost a bit of a relief, but there's still a lot to work out. But I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you even know what Waft Central is? And what do you think about? that kind of a structure well this is it this is something i've always wanted yeah uh, and i just think it, it it makes sense it's uh i, I just think that we we in, in secular aa should have uh, a, a nexus of, of where we can go online that'll have all sorts of resources uh, ixa will be one part of it uh there'll be a meeting directory all, all these things so so that if you if you're new you know in new york we have 16 groups and almost at every meeting, 
uh, one or two people are visitors that found us online. And, and I know that we have a lot of visitors because we're a tourist attraction, mm-hmm. but um, it's very critical that, that we get organized. And, and uh, I don't know anybody on the board except Thomas. They all seem really terrific. And if they came up with this, this idea, I couldn't uh, uh, back it even uh, more. I mean, I just think it's terrific. And I hope you uh, go through with it. Uh, you'll probably end up talking to Jerry, who's mm-hmm. Mr. Bylaws. Okay. And I would send you to him right away. Uh, but uh, and, and whoever, however you do it is fine. I just think that, that this is one central place would be just terrific. I think we would uh, reach more people that way. Yeah. I talked to two of the three board members, two of the f- yeah, four board members on WAF Central, and they were for it. So that's so I think that we're probably leaning that way. Um, so that I think it'll probably happen. Willow, do you know anything about WAF Central? What do you think about the, that kind of stuff that I'm talking about? Well, I, I kind of, um, you know, I kind of like the idea of a little bit of autonomy between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think that it makes a lot of sense to you know as because you know they were they were created separately, right? Um, you know, and then and then there's the Facebook groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, so if it's feasible, following the naming convention change seems to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially because we're fairly young in process in general, I would worry that if everything get lumps, gets lumped together, if there's a failure somewhere, then it takes it all down or, or something like that. So, you know, I mean, I think, you know, secular AA central sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. SAC isn't that bad of an acronym. Yeah. Um, it, does it need to get folded in and be underneath the other board? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that would be something that, you know, the folks that are on the WAP central board now would need to decide, um, you know, and I, and I don't know, you know, I think, I think there's also a lot of new people getting involved in the process and right. willing to step and, you know, take, take the reins or help out if needed. If there's too much stress on. Well, I think it's going to be important that we do be, that we do have something in place because I think we are going to see an increase in me- meetings starting up or at least an interest in meetings. So we're going to have more traffic probably to the to the WAF Central site that we have now, uh, people cool. using the meeting directory. Plus another thing, when Deidre was giving her talk, which was excellent, by the way. She was amazing. She was talking about consolidating the list keeping duties in one place. Yeah. That's an awesome responsibility. She's been doing that since, what, 2011? Is that right, Vic? Oh, no, a lot. 2001, uh, right? Yes, yeah, exactly, right after 9-11, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So um, she's put a lot of work into that. And so I kind of take that as a very serious responsibility. And I, and, and that's why one reason I kind of liked having this existing board that has already had been passed on from, from, this is now the third incarnation, that it seems to be something that has legs to it and has, has a way to somehow carry on. And I would like to see some sort of, um, when they organize it, some sort of a way of, you know, demarcation of duties or separation of duties or something like that, and and maybe some sort of a fail safe so that if if one fails, the other can still go on. I don't know. Ben, what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I definitely like the idea of something like WAF Central going on. Um, again, I d- I don't know about. I agree with Willow. Like autonomous on some level, in case something does fail in somewhere, makes sense to me. But 
I think also minimal in scope. I feel like sometimes this thing is starts to get a little grandiose. I know previous board members had kind of taken it a level, I don't know, too far. Like I think less is maybe more here, like maybe a central place for meeting lists like everybody's right. talking about that makes sense but like if it gets too grandiose and big i mean then i think you start bringing the aa fundamentalists in on us being you know aligned with something else other than aa or something i don't know yeah kind of keeping um, it simple basically yeah yeah i really think so um and if 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 all we do is get together every two years for this conference, I'm cool with that. But yeah, it is nice to have a central place with meeting lists and, um, you know, the agnostic preamble and, and things to start a meeting, um, a more free thinking meeting and things like that. I do think that's very good. Well, everything that I've heard from everybody that I've talked to has been pretty positive. Um, so, you know, Vic, what is, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that, that, that any criticisms or anything at all that you thought that should be pointed out? Sure. Uh, always leave it to me. <laughs> um, I have, <laughs> well, one of the things is, uh, quite obviously we, we are a very old group and we're a white group and I'd like to see that change. Uh, I also think that that uh, the people we want to talk with, we had we increased over 130 groups in two years since Santa Monica, yet we only had 100 more attendees. Mm. And I think the people that we want to reach are the people in what I'm starting to call religious AA, and uh, they bring uh, in 2020 uh, AA is going to bring 80,000 people to Detroit. Wow. And I think we should have a very strong presence there, uh, either be part of them. I know they have an agnostic wing. I don't know how independent it is. Uh, if it's like a we, agno- we agnostic chapter, then it's, it's uh, not very good. Uh, I think we should be uh, defining ourselves uh, to that. So th- there's a, a big opportunity to let uh, 80,000 people know we exist and, and inform them who we are. And then... Um, the other suggestion I have, which is kind of uh, uh, what what Will and Ben were suggesting in terms of autonomy, uh, one of the criticisms uh, of uh, the board was that we were too top-down. Mm. And uh, I think uh, one of my radical suggestions is to have the secular AA conference ICSA, every five years, mm-hmm. let's say 30 months out of phase from uh, religious AA's conventions, and then in the intermediate times, uh, in the interim, have uh, local conferences, like uh, as we're in Phoenix and Olympia, have them all over the country. I think that's uh, more an excellent pe- more idea. People, people could afford to go, go to them, yep. so they'd be closer yep. uh, and more often, and uh, more local and autonomous. Yep. So that's just a suggestion. I think it's a really good idea, actually. And when you first, when you first suggested it, I didn't like the idea because I like to see people every couple of years, but... When you really think about it, having the regional conferences, you know, as often as they want to have them does give does make it easier for people to get to because, you know, younger people might have difficulty traveling, you know, across the continent to get to a convention. And this gives us an opportunity to kind of to kind of grow a little bit better and get more people involved and then have that big one every five years. It kind of makes sense to me. I think it's a good idea, actually. Young people have jobs and they have to take off. That's right. Yeah, I'm with you, John. It kind of, my first feeling is like, no, I want to see everyone more often than that. But 
But, um, you know, yeah, I could start attending more regional conferences, too. I just wonder if we have the numbers to make that work. Mm. Right. But um, like you're saying, Vic, that's we're we're going to need to develop the numbers. There's people that need reach that that it will grow. Yeah. Willa, do you think that I mean, I, I think that we have more younger people actually come to our meetings in Kansas City than was represented at the conference. Do you think that that's the case where you're from? Um, you know, so the meetings that I go to, the two um, that are in, they're in, I live in South Seattle, they're in Burien, which is just a little town just to the south of me. Um, so the ones that I go to there, um, we have fairly good representation, depending on what you call young, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, but, and, and we actually, um, especially one of them, the, the smallest meeting, which is on um, the one that I secretary on Wednesday nights, uh, it's usually not more than five people, but we've had a pretty good cycle of fairly young people come into that meeting. Um, and maybe it's their first or second or third a meeting. Um, and they're, you know, they're finding us because in the, uh, in our online directory, um, as part of our name, we have atheist agnostic friendly. Um, and so they're finding us that way, you know, cause I think they're looking for something different. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, like the meetings I've been to a couple of the Olympia meetings, um, not so much the, the Portland meetings, uh, especially the Sunday one that they have there has a, I mean, that's a huge meeting. It was 75 people. I couldn't believe how many people were in that room. It was so moving to see. Um, and I'd say that they are probably eh, 30% what I would consider young yeah, people. Yeah. Um, and even the people who aren't young people are fairly young minded. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the youngest person in that room is this woman who I'm sure is over 70. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, well, AA itself is kind of aging. It's kind of, when you look at the demographics of AA yep. itself, it's kind of like that. Uh, let me understand something, Well, Did you say that you have an agnostic meeting with 75 people attending? In Portland, there is one. In Portland. Wow. Yeah. That is wow. incredible. Yeah, it's it's packed packed people sitting on the floor in pretty much every spot. Wow. At the, at the Portland That's Alano Club upstairs. It's, it's really wonderful if you're ever there. And I think, you know, when it comes to a conference, um, you know, it definitely is, it's a little bit harder for young people to travel. Um, it also, I also really think, I think one of the reasons that we don't see as many young people, you know, I've, I've been really thinking about this, um, younger folks are, especially if they already have an issue with what they see, I call it traditional AA. Right. I don't, I don't think any AA is religious, although some people might act that way. Um, but I call the other meetings traditional AA. And there's definitely people do have an impression of what that's like and why they may may not be into it. I think young folks today are willing to get online, see what else is out there. And I think that there are some other options for finding recovery um, apart from AA. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that that's one of the reasons that we don't see any. And But it's also, you know, it also makes it even more important important for us to... Um, integrate with traditional AA. I mean, one of the things you know, to me, all AA is supposed to be secular. Yeah. Um, that's also one of the reasons that I vote voted for that name mm -hmm. because I hope we come to the point where we swell in numbers and then we dwindle because it's not necessary anymore to mm -hmm. to separate it out. Uh, well, I, I think that we will grow if we get the word out uh, that that the, you don't have to 
have all this God business and still be sober in AA. I very much want to stay within traditional AA. I really don't want any schism uh, mm-hmm. of any sort. Uh, and uh, I think that's paramount. But uh, but I, I think our numbers will grow if people just get to know us. That's all. Get to, mm-hmm. to know we're there, um, including yep. judges. That, that, that means getting in those traditional places, like like you said, Vic. You know, um, going to the World Convention and you know having representation there, having representation at sm- some of our smaller conventions. We did um, our meeting did a workshop at a little one day conference that we have here in Burien that's about service work. Um, and it was, we didn't have a whole lot of people attending it. We were um, at the same time as a, another, as a workshop put on by a meeting that's really popular in the area. Um, but, you know, getting some of our groups to get out there and get involved in some of those broader events, um, because I really think that there are a lot of people who would be open not just open to what we're doing, but would have preference for what we're doing. They just have no idea that it's even an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look at the, the Pew Research Poll. I mean, the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. I mean, mm-hmm. it's grown immensely in the last uh, 10 years. So I think that's right. That's our demographic. And, yeah. and um, make a presence known. Yeah. And, you know, like Vic, you, you pointed out one time we talked about this, that those, those people don't necessarily represent, don't necessarily identify as atheists or agnostics, but they do probably represent people who don't necessarily want to stand um, with, with others and hold hands and pray at the end of some meeting. So it's not like you have to necessarily be an atheist to want to have a secular AA meeting. I mean, just almost anybody might want to have that nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, precisely my point. Yes, exactly mm-hmm. what it, what I mean. Yeah. Well, it's it's like before I got involved in this and was feeling frustrated at traditional meetings. Like, yeah, I didn't even know it was legitimate to be able to have a meeting without prayer. Like, I wanted to like kowtow to the you know higher ups, what I thought were higher ups in AA, and I so just to even go to Santa Monica the first time and realize that you can have a meeting be whatever you want. You know, I mean, we're all, each meeting's autonomous and all the different quotes shared from Bill Wilson that give credence to what we're talking about. There may come a day where, and this is grandiose probably, but where AA needs to lean on whatever us is because their membership has died that believes that certain way, you know, like Vic, you're saying the nuns are growing and and that's only going to continue. Yeah. We need to reach out to people who aren't in AA now that, you know, might be able to be helped through our meetings so that's that's definitely something that we we should be focusing on, I think. And there seems to be a lot more interest now because of court rulings to get involved with um, the judicial system and to let mm-hmm. the courts know about our meetings because you know they might be more receptive to sending somebody to a secular AA meeting rather because they can't send them to a or refer them to a religious AA meeting anymore. Absolutely, and and also prisons. You know, let some prisoners know they don't have to believe in God to get sober in prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, there's uh, go ahead, is anybody a member of the Facebook group like leaving AA or any other twelve step fellowship? So many of the posts that are that are in that Facebook group are people just saying they're sick of the God thing in AA. So I mean, yeah. Most people think they have to leave if they don't believe in that stuff. So I'm in that group. And, you know, the one time I posted there was when I posted the um, the podcast I did with John Stewart, who the, the podcast was titled Leaving AA and Staying Sober. So I posted in that, that group and they all jumped all over me. 
I was really? Like, what are you I'm just, this is your guy. <laughs> what did they say? They they hated me because I was a cult person. Oh boy. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. You can't you can't win for losing or really lose for can't. winning or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in two thousand and eighteen it'll be Toronto. I'm I'm feeling pretty optimistic about the new board when I when I met them. Um they they are taking the advice of the old board. They're gonna meet um in a year. They're gonna meet in um Toronto during Toronto's regional um conference. And um, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm pretty optimistic about it, and we'll see just where things go from there. I think they really have. I I, I, I think they have their act together. I was very impressed with them, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Uh, I, I do have some news news today. Okay. Uh, just actually a few minutes ago, I emailed Joe C, mm-hmm. and my subject line was any word on the human rights Toronto decision. Oh. And he's. And he said, word is all parties settled. Intergroup has to get it ratified by the members, which ought to be done uh, the last Tuesday of the month. So I guess settling means that they'll, they will listen. I'm Good. Assuming. I'm assuming that nice. would be the case. Yeah. That would be amazing. Nice. Good news. Excellent. That's great news. Yeah. Well, thank you, Vic, for reporting that for, the, yeah. for us. <laughs> Breaking news right here. Yeah. How about that? Um, uh, anybody else have any other? Well, I want to share like some concerns too. I was surprised. I thought there would be more young people in Austin at the conference, like you guys were talking about. Maybe it's a matter of not being able to travel, and and maybe the numbers weren't higher either because I think we were probably able to grab so many people just from L.A. surrounding area oh, yeah. when yeah. we were mm-hmm. the first one. So, but um, you know, I was there were less um, LGBT. LGP, sorry, you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> LGBTQIA. Right. I'm trying to get them all included. Um, and I thought there would be more of a, you know, I don't know. I was expecting more of a mixed crowd of everybody. Well, part of part of my reasoning is I think that that um, sector AA uh, skews older uh, for two reasons. Number one, sometimes it takes people a little later in life to sort out their, their beliefs or non-beliefs. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I was reluctant to come out of the closet, you know. Yeah. So, right. um, yeah, I, reasons too. I think. Great I point. Think that, I think that age, both you know, standard age and also age in sobriety, kind of gives you the leeway to say, "Hey, you know what? No, that's not what I think. I'm not going to play along anymore." I've I've been really uh, interested to see just how many people. So, so I came around to realizing that I was atheist right about in that 25, 26 year sober mark. Really? Um, That's what, you know, you same here. That as well, that, um, that that was kind of where you were at. And I've, I've heard that from so many people. There's so many of the people involved in these meetings are in that time range, which, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely, because, you know, to me, I, I started being willing to stand up and say, you know what, this is how I feel. And, and I'm going to say it here because at this point, I know that I can also say, you know, if somebody disagrees with me or tries to shoot me down, I can say, you know what, if you and I are in this meeting in another 25 years, come talk to me then, you know, nobody's going <laughs> to kick me out of AA and I know it. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you're younger, both in regular mm-hmm. age and in society, it's hard to, it's hard to stand up and, and make a statement like that and stand yeah. behind yeah, you're absolutely right because you're kind of at a bad, vulnerable time in your life, and you're and you're more likely just to follow whatever suggestions are given you. I mean, yeah, I'll do whatever it takes, whatever you tell me to do. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, and it takes a while to get your confidence up and security and your own beliefs. And, and yeah, it's it can be a scary thing to do, especially when you feel like you've not been accepted lots of places in your life or not really fit in. And then you find this place like AA where you do feel that way. Yeah. And then, I mean, I know from experience, as soon as I started speaking up honestly and not even doing so in a mean or angry way, um, there's definitely a little bit of shunning that goes on. And and I think sure. people oh, yes. people seem to assume, and they'll say they, they don't, but and then people seem to assume, and when they talk to me, it's like they think I'm going to get to where they're at. And I'm not saying I'm right, but sometimes I think I've gotten past wherever they think they are. You know, they assume that I just haven't heard the right thing or read the right God material or whatever. Mm. I mean, most people don't know I was considering going to seminary school. I used to be a big believer. I mean, they just assume you haven't heard the right thing. And, and um, yeah, yeah, so you get some years behind your belt and it gives a little bit of credence to it. And people can't, you know, cause I see people get shouted down in meetings when they say things I say at a different meeting um, because they've only got three or four years, you know, people just cross here at them like crazy, but then I'll come in there, you know, next week and say the same thing. And everybody, I guess I've been there long enough that they're like, well, we know he's not just here on a dry drunk, yeah. you know? So, well, I want to thank you guys. I think that we've had a pretty good discussion here. Um, thank you, Ben, Vic and Willow for joining us. It was great to see you in Austin. Oh yeah. yeah it was so awesome. Yep. Thanks so much. It's really an honor to, to participate. Oh, it's great to have you. I'm going to have yep. to have you back sometime, Willow, so you can tell your story. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. Thanks, John. Thank you, Vic. Y'all take care now. Thanks, Thanks John. Bye-bye. Right. Bye, guys. Well, that's it for another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. We'll be back next week with Richard H. from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I think you'll enjoy that one. Until then, you all take care, be well, and for you Americans, have a very happy Thanksgiving.